Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news tips and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom stable scleral lens and don't forget about the v-cone and the golden eye and all those other great lenses that they have my name is dr james diem i am on the east coast relatively boring and roya is feeding toucans out of her mouth in costa rica right now as we speak what is up roya my mouth's full i can't talk (laughs) (laughs) you're saving (laughs) nuts for the birds (laughs) Oh, uh, nothing's up. It's, you know, middle of rainy season, beautiful sunsets, everything extra life. lush and green. Terrible. I just have a lot to complain about right Lots now. Lots of uh, pickleball with your retired friends. Damn straight. I'm still <laughs> getting my butt whooped. That's funny. Um, but no, it's been good. It's I'm sort of getting better. Depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, we had an episode about this recently, but I think having a hobby is just, like, fun. Like, you know, we don't as adults play any, like, organized sports anymore. Like, I think a lot of my friends have been sort of teasing me about playing pickleball, but it is fun to do something new and, like, out of your comfort zone. Yeah, you know, it's and interesting. So- In As a child, you're just kind of put into sports or put into things and then it like becomes your hobby but like even though it's not really a hobby it's kind of like a thing you do that you're made to do and you probably end up liking but you know anyway but now it's almost like like for me to run you know it's it's like a necessity like if i it is my it is my hobby but like if i don't do it it really affects me you know and it is so therapeutic doing things that are that are good for you, you know, in, in that sense, true. from a psychological perspective. So we've it's talked true. a lot about that before. Self-care. I don't like that Self-care. term. I think it's cheesy. And, and I think it like baloney, really like but- it does. Che- but it's true. And actually, you know, I will say one fresh perspective I've had since moving to Costa Rica. I mean, obviously right now a clinic's not open. So I'm just like, it's weird. This paradigm shift. I've never had to work in front of a computer all day. Like, I guess I'm glad I didn't ever go into tech, even though maybe it would have been like, (laughs) you know, a a lot less expensive than going into like a profession, like a doctor, a doctorate and all the money we paid to become doctors. But it's, I think one thing that's cool about just totally this big life paradigm shift that I've created as in moving to Costa Rica is like, I really have placed value in every day. I need to do something it doesn't active is the wrong word, but it's just like something that isn't just me working and it, it feels good. Like basically every day I take my dog, my dog, and my dad, my yeah. dog down to the beach and we walk the beach and we throw sticks in the water. I mean, it's just like mostly cause he's, my dog's crazy still, even as a six year old dog and he needs that exercise. But, isn't that great? but honestly, so it's a good peaceful. excuse for me. Yeah, it's it's awesome. so peaceful. Oh it's God. beautiful. And so I'm jealous. like, so jealous. dang, I live here. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And then I'll try and get a little workout in or, I'll, you know, because food's a little different here. We don't have Trader Joe's and all this easy, easy to make 
I don't have Uber Eats in my neighborhood, at least. Like, Uber I can get Eats. it to work. <laughs> you know, it's these silly things, but like, I don't have it. So we don't I, have, I have that either. <laughs> we don't have Uber Eats. Uh, do you even we don't have, even have Uber. I bet you they do. What? What? No. Like, there's one, maybe, Uber. sometimes, barely ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where do you live in there, Rob? Seriously. Okay, well, but seriously, I mean, I guess then you understand my grace. I understand right? it, yeah. You ought to make food. And, and like, yeah. if I go to the little market by my house, it's like basically a bodega. So, it's like, <laughs> there's no bananas today or yeah. there's no avocado today. Like, they don't have everything. Deal it's with like, it, It's like, hey, what's the freshest fish today? Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's in the freezer. So, it's just... I've had to really just change my mindset. Yeah, it's so weird, but it's the idea of like the concept of self-care is like a different concept to me. I feel like it's just like I've now incorporated into my lifestyle and I'm very happy for that, right? It doesn't, shouldn't have to take moving to Costa Rica to do that. But for some reason for me, it was just to like slow down, back off and actually do the things that I like annually had in my mind of like my news resolutions or whatever. Like I'm just doing it. It's just, just, I don't know, it's refreshing. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, okay, we haven't done one of the, these, like, checkups in a while, okay. but um, this is sort of on the same, it's not self-care by any means, this is overdoing it, but there was, 2020 Glance had this, this is from mid-June, mm. but I just thought it was a fun article that uh, that was referenced that I wanted to talk about. So the question was, do physicians have side gigs? There was a recent uh, survey that went out and it found that 37% of people do. Now, obviously, we're, we're biased, right? We're sitting here mm-hmm. in our quote-unquote free time doing a podcast. Right. But <laughs> I, I think that side gigs are just another way to maybe like keep things fun, keep things refreshing, right? Have, yeah. a, have another hobby and have a little extra revenue if that does come with that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know what I think about it. I, I like having other things going on and, um, you know, certainly I could, I just keep piling them on. And, and so, you know, recently I was in, um, the Adirondacks. We go almost every year to Lake Placid and, um, I had basically no cell service, basically no internet for like four and a half days. Like, I had it, but it was very limited and it was really, really refreshing. You know, it was, it was special actually, I'll say, yeah. you know, so, oh, 100%. you know, I, I think that there is something to keeping it simple, but also, you know, I find pleasure in keeping it fresh, you know, and, and having different things going on keeps it fresh for me, you know, so it's not That's just true. going in nine to five seeing patients. I'm not like, it's always different for me. Always, you know, like I'm always having new challenges, different things going on. And, um, and I do like that. I really do. Um, so I like having side gigs. I do, uh, or little things that, um, keep me fresh. I think it's the way yeah. I look at it. I like the idea of, I mean, a side gig's great. And sometimes I'm trying to think of like for our listeners, if you don't have a side gig and you're like, how do I do that? Right. Cause sometimes it's hard to even select. I want to be an optometrist for some people. Right. So mm-hmm. like, how do you know what kind of side gig you get into? And I, I, I don't like as a response to my own question, I would maybe even say like a side gig shouldn't be only for the money. I mean, sometimes you do it because you do need a little extra money, but a side gig should bring you some sort of joy. So you can keep things fresh. 
So whether it be a side gig that's giving you money or like you start making macrame crafts and uh-huh. maybe selling it online, you know, whatever, or you start playing pickleball as your side gig, whatever it is, it's just something that, you know, keeps life feeling new and fun and is something that you're committing yourself to that isn't just for money maybe or is but like that's just a benefit that's just a bonus to what it is for you it's making you feel something different and new i like it um one other thing that i want to do is i want to ask about your most recent like business thing that you've learned or incorporated one of the last times you talked about this you talked about instigating your <laughs> phones or something like headphone sets mm, yeah 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 but that's been good um so good. That, that's been a good success we've been didn't been doing well with that i would say good. what's um, the next give us another you know, carpe diem pearl. Well, I, I think, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of hiring lately uh, because we, our newest office we open in 20, January 2021 is continues to grow. And so, you know, and it's been hard to find people and we've lost people even in that year. So um, that, that's been a challenge. Um, I think that, what we learned, what we learned in that office is that we had a manager and the manager was really doing a lot of other things to keep the office moving. And so she really was doing a poor job managing because she was also technician and, you know, optician and, and our other manager always does that. And that's always been something that she has done really, really well um, without any real consequence their management uh efficacy but for this person who is new to management she i think really did not do well multitasking um and that's probably our fault you know it was our fault to make her do all of those things um but again we we didn't have people and and it was just what needed to happen but we were going to move in a different direction and now that we have staff, it's you, I'm seeing her grow as a manager. So I think, you know, management is one of those things that's hard because, you know, the other staff sees a manager as sometimes not doing anything or not doing things, you know, but they're, yeah. they're doing, man, they're managing, <laughs> you know, that's not a, tan, it's not always a tangible task, you know? Right. Um, and so I think, it's it's hard too from you know an owner's perspective to see a manager and measure that success um and so so how do you let's real talk yeah i mean i think it needs to be drawn out you know like hey you need to make sure that this person and this person and this person are meeting their goals right so like the optician's goal of 75 percent anti-reflective coding um you know our technicians make meeting the goal that you know they're they're selling our wellness package and and transitioning you know a certain percentage of patients into that um those are some numbers that we can you know 
reach out to a percentage of new patients uh that all that our our slots are booked um you know that they're not leaving slots open you know at certain times of the day like at the end of the day to try and get out early um you know little things like that and we can look back and see you know hey that's what you're responsible for you know you're not making it happen you're making sure that the people who are supposed to make it happen are making it happen and holding them yeah. accountable um what about so aside from saying so she's done a lot better is my point now you know because yeah, we've I been giving her the opportunity big... to manage which is which yeah. is good now we'll see you know are all the measurements uh coming to fruition the office is growing and it's it's doing very well but the it's it's unfair because it's all new right it's there's nothing it continues to just grow and it's full schedules filled um so we'll see we'll see how it goes as as we get a little bit more comparative year over year uh, or month what, to month um, data aside from giving benchmarks to success so giving her objectives like 75 percent ar code whatever these different benchmarks you mentioned what are other ways to support management staff? Like, do you send them TED Talks? Do you, like, what do you do to train a manager? It's a good question. I, I definitely don't have the answer to that. Um, if anybody has an idea, I'd love to hear it. Uh, <laughs> because it is. It's, it's, she's never gotten any formal education um on on how to be a manager so yeah i think it's all been baptism by fire do it like our other manager does um and that's uh maybe not the best maybe in retrospect but i don't know i don't have the answer to We're that all learning yeah <laughs> well we invite any listener that has a bright idea send us a message yeah. we'd love to hear from it all right so I just feel like the way to start this guest intro, I think there's only one way to do it. And I want to just start with the short and ever so sweet poem. And I'm going to read it out to you, okay? Wow. Probably. A world of darkness, a world so blurry, a grandparent who longs to see the face of a grandchild, an individual with headaches, a child who hates school. A letter left unread, Ooh. an undiagnosed disease. A world now bright and colorful, a world that is crisp, a grandchild's clear smile, an individual whose head no longer hurts, a child who now loves to read, a person's day enriched by a note from a friend, a disease caught in time to treat, a life more rich and beautiful. Opt optometrists enable people's lives or people to live life to the fullest. That is who I want to be. Mic drop. <laughs> Absolutely. What wow. is that about? Why did, I, why did I decide to just grace you all with that beautiful poem? Whale. We Whale Lynn. Well, oh, that was perfect, right? Our guest tonight is soon to be Dr. Corey Zwalin. Zwalin, 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 but that's the real way, Zwalin. Corey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Amazing. We were just talking before, quick detour from the uh, poem comment. Uh, or segment, if, if you will. We were talking about last names. I can feel like I can say this 
Actually, DM, you can say this too. Like we have last names where people are like, you're like, just, you know, give it a try. Sound it out. You know, yeah. BB, people are like, how do I say that? So I'm just like, you always have to have like a catchy way to say it instead of just like, you know, saying it like it is, right? I'm saying I, my way, what I always say is Roya Habibi, like BB guns, right? Oh, is that your thing? Okay. I, didn't, I don't know that I ever knew that's your thing. That's a good thing. That's my go-to. Like a BB gun, Habibi, yeah. right? What do you say, Jimmy? Oh, I say um, my name is Diem, like Carpe Diem or Per Diem. Okay. Okay. Per Diem is that good? Same though. That's on, on a... On brand view. Yeah, Diem. <laughs> you like that? I'm, I prefer the Carpe Diem, actually. But, all right, yeah. all right. You do yeah. have that positive outlook. Yeah. Do that. yeah. Corey, tell us yours. Uh, I usually say something like, uh, it's like Wallen. If you ever heard someone with that last name, but I don't know where they dropped the Z. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Zwallen. Zwallen. Ballen. You could honestly make a poem off your name. Come calling. That's a good name for ball, for for rhyming, I'd say. <laughs> Only a couple words long, though. <laughs> True. The reason for the um, my Beautiful starting poetry. of the poem was Prose. actually a super fun entry. So Valley Contacts over the summer, well, I guess early summer, they have a travel grant that they give out to different events, and they gave one out for. Uh, AOA to optometry's meeting this summer to go to Chicago. They gave $1,500 out to travel to AOA and future Dr. Zwollin won it with his entry that I think the prompt was something like write a hundred words as to like why you want to go or why you deserve this, um, why you deserve this grant. And that was your entry. Are our poems your normal go-to for, <laughs> to travel or you know it's a great idea contests. i mean it was very yeah i know i love well <laughs> i mean not really but i started writing and i realized what i wanted to say was a lot longer than 100 words so the poem really kind of shortened it down ah. my wife was like my wife's like there's going to be a lot of people that write a blurb about how they first got glasses and mm. saw the leaves on the trees. Mm. And, and I really, you know, we really want this travel grant so we can <laughs> uh, go up and go up to the optometry's meeting. So she's like, you got to do something different. So, um, she's the brain behind it. <laughs> yep. She, she True really secret is. comes she, out. I owe everything to her for sure. So that's a good behind man. most good ideas is wife <laughs> somewhere. Exactly. That's so true. Ask so for that. I ask for that comment. It's true. And yeah, I love that. Well, tell me. So you are give everyone the rundown. I know that you are in, at SEO. You graduated. Do you guys from have BYU. a uh, uh, mascot at SEO? Uh. Not that I know of. Well, let me ask you this: If you did have a mascot, <laughs> what yeah, would like it be? Question. I like that question. Oh no. You know, I have no good ideas. Uh, Where's only, your wife? Is she around? Interest... <laughs> oh, she... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she She's not around. Uh, I have a three-year-old, so I went far away uh, to, right. to record this. <laughs> so, so it's, it's in Tennessee, correct? Yes. So what are like animals like local to the area? <laughs> what critters? The, uh, <laughs> just big bugs. Uh, and oh, roadkill. I 
Honestly, I'm in Costa Rica now, so I get the big bug thing. I'm very against oh, yeah. them. You know, it's like you're like, I know you're there. I respect you, but I just don't need to see you. I would just respect yeah. you more if you wouldn't come ever anywhere in my like large, you know, one mile bubble or even like 15 step. Like if you could stay out of 15 steps around me, that'd be great. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think it's a big uh, ask. Yeah, lately, you know, lately the bugs have been marching in attack. <laughs> this is disrespectful. Someone told me the other day I was on this, you know, in Costa Rica, there's all these fun tours. I was on this tour and this guy said, you know, yeah, bugs are kind of gross, but did you know there's more bugs than like anything else combined in the world? So like if you kill a bug, it's okay. <laughs> like you're not... So You're many not affecting bugs. Their population. I just started watching Alone on Netflix. Have you watched this? Wow! Yes. And game changer. It's Did a we great talk about show. This, Jimmy? No, we've never talked it is about crazy. Alone. Crazy! Oh my gosh! And I think I'm going to start eating bugs. I mean, they the one guy said, "Well, this one the the grub tasted like pine nuts. I like pine nuts. I like a good pine nut." And he said that the um, the ants tasted lemony. I think I'm going to do it. What do you guys don't, think? Don't give, him, don't give him any credit for that comment. Just let him just sit on that comment. What do you think? I have nothing to say. Nothing Corey, to would say. you eat an ant if you were faced with, you know, passing optometry school or, or not? Would you eat an ant? <laughs> Hands down, yes. Hands down. He's no. like, I'm eating ants right now. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, they what do you think about it? I mean, we, we eat all other... We eat... Like it's it's really our perception, right, of what's normal or not normal, right? Like why is why are insects so bad, but cows are okay? Like why, why is that? I don't know. Like who decided that, right? So it's probably it's just I don't know. weird. Like tarantulas, I don't know. I you should you should have ate that tarantula you saw climbing up your side of your house the other day. She saw this tarantula bigger than her head. So it happens it was in Costa disgusting. Rica. I thought it was a bat. <laughs> Let's start. I'm gonna have nightmares again. We digress. Sorry. We digress. Corey's like, why did I get on this podcast again? <laughs> so we, Let's talk about is this about optometry. I forget. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Corey, we will reverse. You went to BYU Idaho to, for undergrad, and actually, total like curveball here. Studied computer information technology, and then now yeah, we now look at I you. Did. <laughs> well, so I, I did I did start out as computer information technology. I actually graduated in biomedical science. Uh, I originally I, I wanted to do, you know, uh, computer programming or uh, IT stuff because uh, I really enjoy that. I still do. I, I still, you know, build computers as a hobby on the side. But I realized I, I kind of wanted a different career. Uh, and found the medical field and eventually, you know, like a lot of people do, kind of worm, wormed my way into optometry. Wormed? Like... Just get off <laughs> the bug thing. <laughs> <laughs> like grub. Uh, get out pine of nuts. here. Uh, that's what they taste like. Anyway. Get out of here. Cool. Well, that's... that's so, are you... I'm sorry, I missed this. You're from Idaho initially or originally or... Uh, yeah, um, as of high school. Um, I, before that, I lived in Las Vegas. Oh, get out. Really cool. Very cool. Vegas local. Yeah. It's unusual. You're a rare one. Yeah, there's not many. <laughs> How long were you Tell there in Vegas? What's your favorite thing about growing up in Vegas? Hmm, my favorite thing. 
No bugs. Mm. <laughs> That's uh, unfortunately, I can't say that about Las Vegas either. Uh, I liked that uh, we had fruit trees in our backyard, fresh Ooh, peaches, yes. fresh apricots. Ooh. It was it was wonderful. Oh, that that, that's cool. Great. That's really cool. Idaho. That's a good peach. What potatoes? Is that uh, that's Iowa? <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing that seems to grow well. Yeah, yeah. Berries. In Berries Idaho. That's true. In, up in the mountains. Berries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, get, you can get huckleberries if you go pick, uh, yeah. pick them up in the mountains. Cool, cool, very good. All right, and then you went to BYU, and then S- why SEO? So, uh, I mean, one of the main factors uh, was the doctor that I worked for uh, in Idaho Falls. Uh, he was an SEO graduate, and uh, he only had good things to say about SEO, um, and just really talked it up and. Um, so that was a big factor. And then uh, Sunny Ewing, she's the recruiting director for SEO. She came to my school and gave a couple of presentations and uh, I just loved it. Loved everything about SEO. Awesome. Cool. You said you have a what? I know that you're, you just finished second year, correct? Or about to yes. start it. Awesome. <laughs> Amazingly. Made okay, it right? Oh, come right. on. Give First year or more second credit. year harder? What's yours uh, harder? Uh, now, second year is significantly harder, uh, but it's way more interesting. So it kind of balances it out. I feel that. What was your favorite course this year, regardless of hardness? Uh, definitely contact lens. Uh, okay. I, I loved. Uh, I loved the you know how versatile uh, specialty lenses can be. You know they can be used for just high prescriptions. They can be used for to treat different diseases. Um, I mean, really anything um, you want them to be. And I, I've just really, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I think that when you learn, cause probably most optometry students don't know, like, you know, uh, you may learn that, you know, when you look at your curriculum or maybe if you did work for an optometrist, you know that those things exist, but you don't really get it. You know, you don't really understand the breadth of it. And when you get that opportunity to see like you have this hidden superpower that you didn't know about, it's like, wow, you know, like I want to tap into that. I want to really um, learn and grow that superpower. So, so you liked it. Is it something you're interested in? doing in the future? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely hoping to do a lot of specialty lenses and uh, medical fits and things. You know, we haven't, I don't think we've had a guest on, at least in the recent time that went to SEO, but I vaguely remember (laughs) if I pull back into my brain and think back to, you know, some events where there'd be a lot of like, you know, like private practice club or, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, conferences that I would go to with multiple schools. I remember that SCO had a really good program in teaching. Like I remember even seven years ago <laughs> to age myself, that feels really hard to say that out loud. But when SCO students would graduate, like I would talk to my peers and they like did way more stuff for learning, for instance, scleral lenses than yeah. I had at my, in my experience at Berkeley, for instance. Like they had like Viddy Chuck, you know, like just, they just did a lot more than I, I remember learning. Do you agree that's true still? Or what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really kind of in the thick of it right now, as far as soaring contact lens two right now, but next semester, 
we had an opportunity to, to pick which seminar we wanted to do, and I chose the specialty lens seminar. So we'll get that, and that'll kind of give some extra enrichment, I think. And we just have some incredible faculty uh, in yeah. contact lenses who who really push them. We've already had uh, um, some some lens reps come in and talk to us, and um, it's been it's been really good. So I feel like I've got a really uh, well-rounded uh, approach to contact lenses so far. Let's let's do a fun like call out. Like, what do you think your two or it could be more favorite professors and why? Like, what Ooh, have they been uh, good? Like, yeah. what are some like extra pearls? And then your least favorite you? one too. Go ahead. <laughs> you don't have to say that. <laughs> so, uh, my favorite professors are definitely. I mean, I, I've had many, many awesome, just incredible ones. But if I had to pick two, uh, I would probably say Dr. Jackson. He, he's the contact lens yep. uh, guru here. He's he's fantastic. He does a lot of team-based learning, and that has really helped me in my classes. He does team assignments frequently, and so we'll work through problems in little groups, and then we'll go over the answers uh, as a whole class. And especially here at SEO, when our class size is is upwards of 130, I mean, it's it's hard to learn in that environment sometimes when it's just in a lecture format. And so the team-based learning totally. that he has really, honestly, really brought to SEO has been amazing. So uh, he he definitely deserves deserves lots of shout outs. So tell I'd me, love, yeah. Tell me a recent problem that you've gone through. <laughs> You'll have to remember the solution, and we'll see if Jimmy knows the answer. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. It's corneal exposure. <laughs> that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. That's a that's an inside uh, joke. You have to listen prop, to the podcast. Like a, you can even stage it a little bit. Give me an example of something you would go over. Well, recently we've been going over uh, like ortho K and mm-hmm. uh, myopia management, and who's been or who's a good candidate for different types of myopia management. And so we'll have a problem like um, you know, a kid named Jimmy. He's 13 yes, years like old. He okay. does lots of sports, doesn't like yeah. wearing his glasses. Uh, two years ago, he was uh, minus one. Now he's a minus 250. What, uh, what would be kind of the best management plan for Jimmy? LASIK. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. I'm kidding. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so like, yeah. let's vote. Like, so. So, what would the options be? Versus yeah. soft multifocal. Yeah. Yep. Some of the uh, those, uh, you know, hopefully here we'll also have uh, glasses um, lens Ooh, for true. myopia as well, mm-hmm. up and coming, true. and also atropine. True. Oh, good point. Good point. There you go. We're already learning. See okay, this, yeah, Dr. Thanks. Jackson, <laughs> we already just had a small group. Let him know you've already turned in a little extra credit. Yeah. Next. I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Um, you want another case? No, one more doctor. Oh, so probably my another one that I really respect is Dr. Enzer, and he teaches the pharmacology, so... He deserves lots of respect for that, for sure. 
So, he makes it fun? Uh, he, he really does. He does a great job. He's always very interesting. And he's also super down to earth. He'll, he'll tell us all about the medication. And at the end, he's like, yep, this is, uh, this is everything about it. But realistically, you know, you'll never prescribe this. All you need to know is, you know, such <laughs> and such. So, and I really appreciate that. Pharmacology was like a shocking, I don't know, for me, like my memory of it, it was like, first of all, you're like getting blasted with like a huge fire hose of just knowledge. Like you got to know the generic, the mechanism, the, you know, all these names, the top hundred, all the things about it. But then you're like, why do people take these medicines? <laughs> this seems like a really bad thing to do. Like, I remember some of the diuretics. I mean, luckily, those are all washed out of my mind, all the mechanisms. Yeah. But like some of the things you're like, is this really a good thing to take all the time? And then so many people take it, right? Do you feel that? Are you in pharmacology? Did you did you say that or no? Uh, right That's what now, he's saying. His... right now, not in pharmacology. No. We already took farm one and two in ocular farm. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, there you go. You should know everything then, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. No, it, it has been really nice to be in the clinic, having already learned all these drugs and and uh, being pretty familiar with them is 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 really nice. Awesome. Awesome. So what are you doing right now? Like in the world, you're uh, in between your first and second year? No, second and third year, right? Uh, yeah. So I just started my third year. So you started. So, you're you're mm-hmm, a third so, year. Yep. Okay. So right now is uh, really here at SEO. That's where we start in the clinic, seeing our patients uh, for like for ourselves. Before this, we've shadowed in the clinic and we've done school screenings, things like that. But uh, now we're in adult primary care, seeing our own patients. And so getting used to that dynamic, you know, it, it feels like it's all been leading up to this, but getting used to it has been a pretty big adjustment. Absolutely. Yeah. When does, I know this is sort of as off topic, but when does boards happen? I forget. Yeah. So too soon, it feels like. It's coming. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, typically students take boards part one, um, I think May of, uh, of my next year. And, and then they'll take part um, two and three after that, often near December. Absolutely. So you got 10 months then, huh? Yep. It's coming, coming right up. We uh, actually, I think this is a perfect time to bring this up. We're, we've been doing this ongoing um, segment. We have partnered with OptoPrep, who ha- is an awesome boards review. You know, there's several out there, but they have helped us to put together a question a week that we've been going over. Jimmy and I have been, you know, bickering about the proper answer, but <laughs> you brought up pharmacology. So we have board tests prep questions. So let's do it together, okay? Let's ready, do it. Corey? Let's make it happen. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's a question. 29-year-old male is referred to your office for the treatment of keratitis caused by herpes simplex virus. Biomicroscopy reveals a large central dendritic ulcer. What is the, which of the following medications should not be used alone in your initial treatment plan? A. Trifluoridine. Eye drops. A.K.A. Viroptic. B. Prednisolone. 1% eye drop. That one. Predforte. Are you sure? Be Maybe easy, mister. <laughs> Number three. Uh, preservative-free artificial tears. Oh. Number four. 
Gancyclovir ophthalmic gel, aka Zergan. And number five, uh, Vidarabine ointment. <laughs> She's like, what is that? <laughs> I don't remember the name. Anyway. I didn't even get it. Anyways. Okay, Corey, you, you going to stick with your answer? Was there, is that the steroid and the artificial tears? Or- There's only one answer, which should not be used alone. So, prednisolone, trifluoridine, tears, gancyclovir, or viradabine. Vir- <laughs> I'm, I'm sticking with the, with the predacetate. Good okay. job. Okay, Jimmy? Jimmy, yes. that's your answer? Yes, that's my answer. You guys passing? See Good that? job. Pred should never, all caps, be used alone in an infected eye regardless of offending pathogens. That's what they said. Severe ster- or ster- steroids serve to suppress the immune system. Decreasing the inflammatory reaction. Or, sorry, resulting in a decreased inflammatory reaction. We've talked about this a million times, but most often now I will immediately, because you want Zergan. But let me tell you, in the real world, Corey, Zergan's never available and it's never covered, but you try. And if you're lucky, you have a sample laying around. And Veroptic's hard, hard to get too, and it's a pain in the butt. Uh, for patients because of how many times you dose it, which is how many times, you know? Nine times a day. There you go. Look at this guy. He's sharp. You're I love ready. it. You're ready for May. Woo, baby. You don't even Dr. Enzo would be so proud. I love <laughs> it. And so so what I do almost across the board, as long as I know a patient has coverage for it, is I'll pop a Procara on that eyeball right away. And um, that way I know we're starting to get anti-infective treatment and uh, hopefully they get the Gansleikovir, which they could put on right uh, with the Procara. But have you have you seen that in the off in your uh, clinic at all? Or Procara used at all? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, heard you know, about we've, it though. Uh, we've heard lots about it. Heard I mean, the magic like of Procara. Yeah, it sounds like they really are magical. They uh, yes, little unicorns pop out of the. The membrane, it's pretty They actually fly yeah, in the eye and fly cool, right out. It's cool just, stuff. you just snap your finger. There they go. It's like a boomerang. Not just necessarily, a- but yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. It's good. Anyway, so good job. You did fantastic. You're going to do fantastic on boards. What, what is the board conversation like at school at this point? Like, what's, what's, what's being discussed? How's that being presented? Yeah, so. Uh, I don't like talking about it. It makes me cringe. (laughs) (laughs) We're uh, there. There's a a summer. uh, There's a summer program that's available with KMK. um, And so some students are doing that and uh, we just got a lot going on. So not everyone is, is really keeping up with that, but it's really supposed to with the summer program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They have like a timeline, right? Like a timeline that yeah, you should follow. Yeah, they've got and a calendar that you're it. supposed to follow with right. uh, follow with with the the readings and the videos. So, gotcha. Yeah, that that's that's fantastic that they do that. And cer- certainly, we we think you know I know I did KMK as well as Opto Prep, and Opto Prep supported our uh, little segment there. And the question we just asked you is where we got it from. Uh, and um, try not is to that, fail. Try not to fail. Yeah. Try to stress. Try not to. Stress. No, not try not to fail. Try not to stress. Yes. Try not to stress. <laughs> with opto prep. Uh, we um. So what? What have you heard about opto prep? Is that something that 
Oh yeah. 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 Um, cool. I've been, I've been signed up for a long time okay. with the opto prep, uh, dose of opto prep each, uh, each week. Oh, cool. Um, and, uh, that's been awesome. They kind of give you it's like cool. a couple questions here, there, you kind of to build on sit things. Yeah, no, I, I get it in my email and I'm like, all right, let's see what they've got today. So yeah, that I is really cool. That. Yeah, that's nice. It keeps you on your toes. And I'll tell you what, like even from a practicing perspective, like I kind of like would like it. You, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's nice to kind of keep yourself honest because every now and again you'd be like you know oh man like you see herpes probably once a month or maybe once every two months but it's um you know like what what's the exact dosage of the oral that i should use and you know those types of things it's good to have little reminders of that so that's part of the reason why we're asking those questions here on the podcast too so so all right you're you're going into third year tell us about the uh externship process at your school and what's some of the thoughts you're having in reference to that yeah it's a a great time to ask that we're in the thick of it right now we have uh less than less than two weeks to make our decisions on externships so uh every school is different how do they do it at seo yeah at seo um Honestly, uh, before before they give us like the actual list, it's kind of it's kind of cloak and dagger a little bit. Uh, they have the previous year's list, but they don't give out ours until like right before, and then uh, they basically. Uh, so at, at our school, they have different priorities. So um, you have to do a private practice as well as an institutional. So that could be like a VA or an ODMD practice. And uh, for priorities, if you have, uh, if you're from a certain state, you have priority for a private practice and or an institutional that's in your state. If you don't have one of those sites in your state, then you have kind of a secondary priority, which is like uh, a no state priority, I guess. And then uh, below that, uh, so below home state and no state, it's kind of just uh, uh, GPA based as well as uh, kind of what your sob story is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Free for all. Yeah. What is, so do you do like a lottery? Like you figure out your ranking or it's just like, I want these five or. Yeah. So you put your top choice and then you put uh, four more secondary choices and you can go ask the externship office. For example, if if you see that there's somebody else that's wanting a spot, uh, because we've got a class spreadsheet that's unofficial, just trying to help people figure out which sites you want to go to and which where everybody else wants to go. And you can ask the externship site if you rank higher or lower than a certain person. So you can kind of gauge how, (laughs) yeah, it's a little bit stressful, but you can kind of gauge how you rank against those people and your chances of actually getting a certain site. Mm. I remember it was kind of like stressful. You were like real, real quiet about the ones you really wanted because you didn't want everyone to find out about it. And it was, yeah. I remember it was like a thing, right? Uh, Berkeley's, I, they may have changed their process, but it was a little bit like we just like, I remember, I don't remember how the order happened, but you had an order and it was basically um, like fantasy football draft, right? <laughs> you went down and up one to 60 whatever our number was one to 60 60 to one and you keep going until you went through the whole list hmm. it was intense it took forever you did not much time to pick and you just went boom 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 until all of your slots were filled 
Huh. So, crazy. so what, where do you, do you have, I mean, is it too early to know where you want to go and what you want to do or? Yeah, Are you still so, being stealthy about it? No, uh, honestly, I think most people in our class are are pretty open about it. Um, there's a, it feels like there's a group me now for like every state. So that it's like, if you're interested in any extra chip in this state, we're all trying to figure it out and stuff. But uh, I haven't fully decided. I There's a, an externship site in Idaho. It's a it's the only one. It's a private practice in Caldwell, Idaho. And uh, I, I'm really lucky because it just looks phenomenal. Uh, it looks awesome. amazing. And uh, the preceptors, it sounds like they're just really helpful. They treat lots of disease and um, just lots of different uh, aspects of optometry. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Um, and I'm the only student from Idaho in my class. So uh, pretty, oh, yeah. pretty likely uh, to get that one. And then for the institutional, um, I've gone back and forth. Just today, I spent a few hours just going through every single site and trying to decide if, yes, I'd go there, definitely not run away, or like, eh, sounds okay, you know. So. <laughs> Contender. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Nice. It's a fun, it always, I mean, I feel like for the most part, you always just like, you know, classes, you have ones that were your favorite, favorite, but I feel like generally it all turns out to be a good experience and realistically just a check mark until you can get to the next phase, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, some, some classes, uh, you know, <laughs> seem just so boring, but you know, you get through them and other classes exactly. are just so much work and you feel like you're just working so hard. And then you look back and you're like, Oh, like why? Why does that seem so hard? Like I know all that stuff now. It's it's very weird. It is weird. Relativity, man. Well, so you've lived. You were generally mostly right. Well, Vegas and Idaho. Now you're in the South. It's a pretty big shift, huh? It, How's it really living is. in the South? You know, the South is Aside really the charming. Uh, the <laughs> the whole Southern hospitality thing is real. Uh, People really are is. people are so open here. People will chat you up in the grocery lines. Uh, I feel like back west, people are a little bit more reserved at first, and so getting used to that was uh, was was a little bit interesting. And I think you know when I go back west, uh, you know it's my current plan, but we'll see. Uh, if I head back west, I feel like I'll be that weird person chatting you up in the in the grocery <laughs> line. They're like, "Why are you talking to me?" So right. It is a weird. I went to undergrad at Clemson, so not that that's Tennessee, but it's close enough where you're just like, "Why are you talking to me?" And then finally, you you give in, and you're just nice too. Or at least sometimes I didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't okay. believe that. No, I'm kidding. You went to AOA. Why'd you go? Why'd you want to go? So I had previously heard that it, you know, you just got to go to these optometry meetings. They're so cool. Um, and so I, I really was excited to see, you know, these leaders in optometry and just all, everyone just gathered together and, uh, and just, uh, just kind of get that feeling and, and fire from, uh, from all these ODs getting together. So, uh, and it did not disappoint. I definitely felt that. Yeah, it is. It's a great, like, 
It's a great event. It is. It's it's nice to see people, even as a student too, right? Because I think you get such a great mix of different students at uh, optometry's meeting and hearing what other students are experiencing, what classes they're doing. So did you get an opportunity to mix with other students? Oh yeah. I mean, I saw lots of, lots of students from my class running around. It, it was kind of interesting. I, uh, just to see, you know, you kind of choose what classes you go to because there's a bunch of options. There's lots of different things to be doing at each time. And so, you know, you'd show up and there'd be some other students there that I'd meet from another school or there'd be some from my school. And then I'd go to another class and it's just a bunch of really old docs. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> so there was just a, a wide array of, of things to do. And I, I really wanted to go to as many CE courses as I could. Uh, I just wanted to get as much, you know, up-to-date knowledge uh, as I could. Um, and uh, and so I did. I, I went to a, a bunch of different CE courses. I went to uh, ones on cryosurgery, ones on medical contact lenses, how to buy, sell, or start a practice, uh, negotiating contracts and wages, just just loads of, of really useful real world optometry information that, uh, that I just don't think I could have, could have gotten anywhere else. It's fun too, yeah. when you're like, you know, learning about pharmacology. Um, thanks Dr. Enzer. <laughs> but you kind of are like, why am I learning this? Then you go to those meetings. You're like, yeah, give me more for pharmacology or whatever I got to do to get to that point. And like, you're like, okay, I can keep going. Right. You, you see the, what it really is going to be like. And it's like, all right, this is why I'm doing this. This is exciting. This is fun. I just have to finish these courses and then I'll be doing this fun stuff. Right. Oh yeah. Totally. I don't know. I've always no, thought that way. I, I totally felt that I, I went to a, a scleral lens, uh, meeting, uh, the, the doctor was talking about different scleral lens complications and, and, uh, and different fitting philosophies and things. And, and I was like, this is exactly what I'm learning right now. This is, this is so great, you know? And, and like, I, I learned some stuff, but I also kind of cemented some knowledge that I had previously learned in school. So that was really good. That's fun. I know, honestly, (laughs) when Jimmy and I have done different, you know, whether it be at Academy or this meeting, we have a fun segment we like to do a lot whenever we're live called are you smarter than a first year uh, and i know you're now a se- past the second year but it's like honestly you know most of this stuff especially the like hard facts better than most of us practicing doctors because i mean jimmy alluded to the fact that like we need these refreshers too sometimes because you know you memorize it very strongly for boards and you memorize it for all your studies but then you get into real world and you realize like i can look most of this stuff up <laughs> and you do just to like, you know, when you're in, you're not sure, do I do dose it eight times, nine times or whatever. So, I don't know, it just like gives you a little reality check. Like, okay, it's not always going to be this hard. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I hope I don't forget too much, but uh, I'm certain I will. <laughs> I've I already realized how much I've forgotten from, you know, first year now kind of looking back, studying for boards. It's crazy. You, 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 you tap back into us. It's like 
a language, kind of. Then you could always look it up, right? You could look <laughs> it up, or you could say, "All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna see how this does. I'll see you back in a week." <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. you, 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 there's ways. There's ways to work around. Jimmy's You're like, not gonna know take everything. Spread forte, yeah. and we'll see you in a week. You, well, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I have done that. I have done that in patience, and I have. Uh, made it worse, you know, and then uh, somebody told me that once. You don't know if it's herpes, give him a steroid, see him back in a day, <laughs> and you'll know. Um, and I've done that before. Um, yeah, so you, you, there's lots of, I think knowing that you can't know everything is important, right? It's important. And, uh, the, the awareness that you're not all knowing is also important. And, the um, ability to communicate that to patients is also key, right? From a medical legal standpoint, but also just from a, I'm a human, you know? Uh, And I think from an eye perspective, we're so um, in optometry, we try to do everything. I know I do. And that's probably not always the best. But Roya, you know, you worked with a group of ophthalmologists and they're very much in their lane, right? Very different than optometry. Would you agree? That's what I mean. Especially the specialist. Yeah. Like a cornea specialist. um, They are amazing surgeons, but especially a busy cornea specialist very rarely is going to care, not care, but like they're not managing glaucoma. They don't want to. Right, they're sending their patient to multiple visits to go see their glaucoma specialist. Come back, and I'll check your cornea, and vice versa. The cornea specialist has no interest in. They're going to take care of their patients when they have to, but you know what I mean. They don't want to. They want to do their thing excellent, and then the things they don't like, they refer. They don't want to be the specialist of all, jack of all traits. The fellow, the you know, the extra specialists. Something to learn. Perspectives in every every direction, right? I mean, when you're in a place that's more rural, you have to be the jack of all trades because there's not an option for your patient. Versus, you know, when you are you're seeing 50, 60 patients a day, all cornea, you don't have time to truly devote to a patient that has glaucoma. So it's just you can't be good at it all, all the time. Soapbox done. Unless you are Corey. Carpe diem. <laughs> Corey. Unless you're Corey, right? Well, Corey, tell me a little bit about what it's like to grow up in Idaho. I mean, this is something I know nothing about. So what did you, you told me a little bit about Las Vegas. Tell me a little bit about Idaho. Yeah, I, uh, I love Idaho. It's, uh, it's a great place. Uh, people down here in the South think that Idaho is Midwest, but we (laughs) definitely claim that we are West for sure. And, uh, Idaho, we're kind of, it's, it's kind of like a a hidden secret. Um, we've got, you know, we've got the Tetons, we've got Yellowstone, um, we've got a lot of just really beautiful area and, you know, we kind of want to keep it quiet uh, and not let anybody know about it. But uh, there's been a lot of people actually moving um, from California and other places moving into Idaho. So it's getting a little bit more busy out there. Um, but uh, the, the summers are really what keep people living in Idaho. They're, they're just gorgeous, beautiful every day. Uh, and then you kind of suffer through, you know, the other nine months of the year of, of uh, really cold snow. And 
and then it's summer again. Are you a skier? Uh, I, I am not very good, but I really enjoy it. I love skiing. Um, there's some there's some really good uh, resorts in Idaho that you can go to. Um, but I uh, I just kind of prefer the the <laughs> the slow stuff. <laughs> totally, totally. Jimmy, did you know like Sun Valley's there? There's like two big resorts near. It's kind of like a big place. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, um, I'm going blank on it, but up in uh, Ponderé, they have an amazing um, ski slope. I'm going blank on the name. I literally have gone there multiple times. But it's like a mini Tahoe. It's so beautiful. Coeur d'Alene? Co- well, Coeur d'Alene, it, it's not the ski slope. Okay. Blank. It starts with an S, but anyways, it's an amazing place. Okay, Corey, we have another animal-based question, and it's a super important one, Okay. We need to know the answer. All right. This is a big one. We like to call Very this important. our most important question. We need to know what your spirit animal is. This is the animal that kind of defines your personality, kind of like who you are as a person encompassed in the stereotype of a particular animal. Oh, yeah. I, so that those no, that, who don't that, know that, you. That's an easy one. I got this. Uh, oh, I've thought about this prepared. before. I, I, I think it's probably a turtle, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Why? Well, sometimes, you know, I, I, I feel I'm kind of shy and stuck in my shell, you know, but uh, if I'm, if I'm going to do something, I got to kind of come out of my shell and, and make it work. So that's, I, 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 I just really like turtles. Slow and steady too. There you go. I love that. You know, it's a turtle breeding ground where I live. In Costa Rica, the like area that I am, it's like world renowned for sea turtles. They come and hatch all my like my yard, basically. <laughs> so you can come check them out. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate. Congratulations kind of again. Yeah. I'm glad it was a good time. Glad it. Uh, you know, widened your horizons and we can't wait to hear all the wonderful things you do in optometry and in the specialty contact lens world with the support of Valley Contacts, of course. Yeah, well, well thank you. Thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate you uh, letting me join you tonight. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. We can't depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink.